Let's go to the word of God today. Today I would like you to uh, follow me in the scripture in John chapter 9 verse 1 through verse 3. You can be seated for the reading of God's word because I also want you to collect in your Bibles 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 through verse 31. So I'm going to start with John chapter 9 verses 1 through 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 through verse 31. All right. When you have the gospel according to John, I want you to shout amen. amen. Verse one says this. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who sinned? Was it this man, his parents? Why was he born blind? Jesus answered, neither had this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him, in him. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through verse 31. Uh, the first text I read was in King James Version. This text I'm going to read in the message translation. It says this, take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential. Don't y'all get offended. <laughs> not many from high society families. I'm not saying that there were none, but not many. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses, he chose these quote unquote nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the quote unquote somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything we have, somebody say everything we have, everything we have, right thinking, right living, a clean a slate, a fresh start. It comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to brag about anything, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. And all of God's people said, amen. I want to speak to you for a few moments from the topic used by God used by God you know words and language without video footage creates ideas and pictures in our own minds oftentimes these pictures are created uh, by our reference points and our own personal experiences for example when we hear the words like chosen or called or used by God these are phrases that we have our own sort of ideas about. The ideas we have about being used by God may not be an error, but it's possible that they are limited. Sometimes through my travels, I make reference to a city, uh, I, their culinary arts of that city and how I love the food there. And someone who lives there can come out with a direct opposite opinion. They can say, we don't have good restaurants here. We don't have good food here. And I'm like, how can you say that? You know, I just went downtown and I had great food. Then I start realizing that there's some people who live in a city, 
but they've never experienced the city outside of their community. You'll be surprised how many people in D.C. have never been to the D.C. monuments. How many people in the Philadelphia area never experienced the Liberty Bell? I'm not saying we have the total wrong idea about being used by God, but sometimes I feel we lack full understanding because some of us are waiting to be used by God, not realize we're being used all the time. You're just in a part of the city you've never been in before. So just to bring this out, number one for you note takers, you didn't call yourself. The deeper you get into Walking with God, you'll realize that you didn't call yourself. I want you to look at somebody and tell them, I didn't call me. <laughs> if I would have been on the committee about calling me, I probably would have voted against me. Because I know me a little bit more than the rest of the people who think they're on the committee. Amen? You didn't call yourself. You can choose your career. You can choose your college. And don't debate me on this. You can even choose your spouse. But you really can't choose your calling. It can be a, a different person and still yet the same calling. Your calling is the thing that you have been created for. It's the thing that when you run from it, you run right into it. It's the thing that you sacrifice for it and at times you don't feel like sacrificing for it. And at times it don't even feel like a sacrifice. And then there are moments it feels like it's killing you. Your, your calling. You didn't call yourself. And because you didn't call yourself, note number two, your calling had nothing to do with your merit. Yes, I know. I know. Did you read, did you read that message version today with me? Did it said that if you're going to brag about anything, you can't brag about how good you were for God that he chose you. Hmm. You can't brag about it and say, oh, I did this and I did that and then God called me. No, 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 no. The Bible says when we were yet sinners, Christ died with us in mind. Mm, glory be to God. Tell your neighbor, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. Only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ has he made me worthy. I didn't get my life together and then God saved me. Mm. I didn't straighten myself out and then God saved me. Because if I could fix myself without God saving me, then God would need to save me. I'm talking to you that are in this room or you that may be watching online that says, I'll start serving God as soon as I get things straightened out in my life. I'll fix, I'll, I'll start surrendering to God once I fix myself. But look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you don't have the power to fix yourself. The more you realize your human depravity, your inability to save yourself, then it gives space for God to be your savior. Mm, yeah. Your calling had nothing to do with your merit. Yes. When I did this and when I did that, God called me. no. You were messed up and God was calling you. You were going the wrong way and God called you. 
you are making some bad decisions and God I'm just going to talk out loud like this and because I, I need somebody to hear me today I look at your neighbor tell your neighbor it wasn't your merit it wasn't your merit it was really God's goodness it was really God's love it was really God's favor upon our lives any car you drive it any house you live in any job you get to work I need you to look at your neighbor tell your neighbor it's God it's God your calling had nothing to do with your merit. As a matter of fact, if you read the scripture out of 1 Corinthians, it says God intentionally called weak things. <laughs> he intentionally. This is for all of us in this room who feel too weak for the calling. We don't feel strong enough for the assignment. God intentionally called the weak. He intentionally called those who feel like they don't have the ability to walk out the weight and the width that they feel God is calling them to. He intentionally called them. He, he, he intentionally. You know, God has a way of keeping himself employed. He would never call you to do something that you can do without him. Hmm. He would never call you to do something that you feel like you can abandon the caller and fulfill it. Hmm. Glory be to God. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor if it feels too much for you. God probably called you to do it. If you can do it without thinking about it, if you can do it without any kind of weight, if you can do it and you don't have to pray about it, you might have to question, did God call you to do it? Because callings that truly come from God has the ability to scare you. That's why anytime God sent an angel to speak to somebody concerning their calling and their purpose, the first thing the angel had to say before he released the message was, fear not. Because what I'm about to say is getting ready to disrupt your life. Fear not. Because what I'm about to say has the ability to cause you to shake in your boots. Fear not. Because what I'm about to tell you has the ability to give you an anxiety attack. Fear not. So one of the very first things God will address before he tells you what he's calling you to do is your fears. Scream at somebody tell them God calls weak things. I want you to say it this time and I want you to think about yourself. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, God calls weak things. God calls weak people. God calls inconsistent people. I know y'all want to fix it that you got to be perfect before you're called. But the truth is, many of us, God had to qualify us to walk out the call because we were simply disqualified. Simply disqualified. I wish Crystal Crutchfield was over here. She would say, preach, Bishop. Y'all help me here. Thank you. You didn't, you didn't get here because you had the right merit. You came from the right pedigree. And that's the way I felt. Now, let me tell you something. If you come through a lineage of preachers, you know, that's beautiful. And that's a testimony within itself. And I'm going to tell you, because if you grew up in a home well, your father was a preacher, your grandfather was a preacher, and you still have the calling on you to preach and you still want to do it, that's a testimony. <laughs> because, I mean, you've seen a lot, right? 
And sometimes we, we judge preachers' kids because they don't want to be in ministry or they out in the street doing some other things. But the truth is, you know, when you check, when, when church was over, you checked out of church when they had to go home with church and all the dynamics of church, right? So if you still want to do it, that's beautiful. But the truth is, people like me, I felt like that I wasn't called to preach and I didn't qualify to be a preacher because my father wasn't a preacher. My father was on drugs and my grandfather was an alcoholic. So I thought I was disqualified from actually being a preacher. I felt like I had to have, had to have the right pedigree. I felt like I had to come through the right lineage, have the right last name. And people who know this person and this person will connect with you and hook you up. And today I was standing here dancing and praising God. And I was moved. I was moved because Deacon Robert was dancing and praising God. And his little baby boy was clapping and dancing. And see, Robert doesn't come through a lineage of preachers and people who serve God. But it hit me. Somebody has to be the beginning. <laughs> Some of you about to get a revelation. That God is making you a holy template. Mm. Put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Tell him, this is why it's been so hard for you. You're going to be a reference point for the next several generations. Oh, Y'all not talking to me in here. Look at somebody. Ask him, did you hear what I said? The only reason why it's been so hard for you. Come on, tell your neighbor. Tell him, stop taking it personal. It's the calling. The only reason why it's been so hard for you is because you are going to be a holy template a holy reference point for the next several generations I had a, I wish I had at least 50 people in this room that would praise God because it starts now hey glow I said it starts now things are shifting now wave your hand to the people in your section tell them everything is about to change hallelujah God has called me to this that's why I can't drop the ball I got to serve my part I've got to play my Hey, glory be to God. He's choosing me not because I'm strong. I'm weak, but I'm still going to do it. I'm crazy, but I'm still going to do it. I got my issues. Scream at somebody. Tell them I'm used by God. Used by God. Used by God. So listen to this. So you don't get to choose your calling. You don't choose the call. But you do respond to the call. There's a scripture where Jesus says in the gospels. It says many are called. But few are chosen. You know. The scripture has always troubled me. Because my issue is. Why call so many and then don't choose them all. <laughs> and when I read the Bible I read it with a. With a very analytical mind. I don't believe you have to abandon your mind to be a believer. You know, God is not intimidated with knowledge. He is omniscience. He's omniscient. He's all knowledge. They say don't question God. But then I'm like, well, who am I going to question then? I need to question the person who got the answers. Amen. Many are called, but few are chosen. So why would you call so many and then not choose all of them that you call? Well, one translation says, many are called, but out of all that were called, only a few was chosen to stay. <laughs> In other words, many were called, and everybody that was called, 
they weren't willing to pay the price to stay. One translation says, many are called, but few have chosen. In other words, many people are called. Y'all come, come. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. But everybody didn't choose to respond to the calling. I just want to address everybody who says, okay, I'm called by God. So whatever God going to do, he going to do. No, 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 no. You are partners with God in your destiny. Yes, he's calling you, but you have the responsibility to respond. I'm talking to somebody in this room right now. You have, the, the, the phone is ringing, but you keep pushing it and putting it on silent. You keep ignoring. Ask the person beside you. Ask them, is God in your favorites? All the Android users, you need to ask an iPhone user what that means. Because you know at a certain time, you put your phone on do not disturb. Talk to me Apple members in here. Come on, all the apostolics, talk to me in here. At a certain time, you text or you call, it's going straight to voicemail. But then you got the favorites list. That no matter what's going on, if they call, it's coming through. And some of you got your boo on your favorites list, but not God. You're not willing to respond to God until it's convenient for you. But you haven't been called by God until you've been inconvenienced by God. How many can be honest with me in here? You had got to a place in your life where you were going to do your own thing. You were going to go your own way. But tell somebody, he kept calling. He kept, he kept calling. He kept calling. He kept calling. He kept calling. Yeah. Many are called, but will you choose to respond to your calling? Used by God. Because when you're called by God, He uses everything. Really, He uses He uses everything. I mean, because our idea of being used by God. Is a preacher on the stage with a microphone. But when you're being used by God, y'all, hey, hey, this is this is this is one day a week. Oh no, really. The only reason why I have material to preach. I know y'all, oh God is using you right now. No, no. The only reason why I have material to preach is He's been using me all week. No, really. Now, when I say this, don't forget. I'm not saying I called myself and it's nothing I have merited to do to be called by God. And I just exposed the fact that I'm a nobody without him and I'm very weak. So when I say I've been used by God all week, please don't put me up on a pedestal. Yes, God uses Bishop all week long. No, no, no. I have something to preach today because he's been using me some of y'all gonna catch it in a minute all week somebody said I mean what that look like I'm gonna tell you what it looks like it's telephone calls in the middle of the night that fixes it once I hear that message it's so much on my mind that I, I'm not allowed to go right back to sleep use my God all week I got to go preach I got to go minister and my grandmother is going back to the hospital used by God all, all week. Then I'm dealing with my own mental anguish. 
and my own mental afflictions being used by God all week. Jeremiah, prophet Jeremiah, come here. See, we, we romanticize Jeremiah being used by God. But you know what we call Jeremiah? We call him the weeping prophet. I know y'all try to make that literary. But literally, literally, he's the weeping prophet. Because of his assignment, he's crying all the time. And his tears is a sign he's being used by God. Come here, Jeremiah. Bend down, Jeremiah. I'm going to put this yoke on you. You know what a yoke was used for? For an ox. So they could control an ox to plow the field. And God says, Jeremiah, put this yoke around your neck just so I can show my people what they look like so I can show my people I'm going to use you Jeremiah to carry a weight on your shoulder to communicate a message to my chosen people that they have a yoke on them see everybody want to be used by God if it's a photo shoot everybody want to be used by God if it's singing a song but are you willing to let God use your life I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor he'll use your pain he'll use your tears he'll use your disappointments he'll use your snap back because that's what being used by God looks like come here Isaiah we call Isaiah eagle eye prophet because he's the one that looks over into the future he sees the coming of the Messiah don't you want to be Isaiah don't you want to be the one that says for unto us a child is born and for unto a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder his name shall be called wonderful counselor don't you want to be Isaiah that says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as of eagles they shall run and not be river they shall walk and not faint don't you want to be Isaiah who says and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed don't you want to be Isaiah that says for he was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are here don't you want to be Isaiah maybe why you have poetic po prose coming forth out of your mouth and strong literary prophetic sentences but what happens when God says Isaiah strip off your clothes and walk in front of the people to show the people that they're uncovered do you do you still want to be that prophet yes used by God oh my goodness I gotta say this one I gotta say this one this is gonna be a little problematic but I gotta say it Hosea come here this is for all of you who when your marriage gets rough you feel like you got permission to leave hallelujah I want to I want to talk to you every time somebody says something to you in a relationship that hurts you hallelujah and when and when someone cheated on you but you know you've been called to that person see we always talk about being called to a place but what happens when you know you've been called to a person hallelujah how do you abandon the person that God has assigned you to oh you want the picture you want the profile but you don't want the problems Hosea you're a prophet and I want you to marry her 
Her. And he does. He buys her. You know why he buys her? Because she was for sale. And when she, when he marries her, if God told me to marry her, hear me. If God says marry her, once I marry her, things are going to be good. Because if I obey God, the fruit of obedience is perfection. The fruit of obedience is everything. It's going to be easy. The fruit of, I told, I gave my tithes, I gave my offering, and I get the job on Monday, and all my debt is canceled by Tuesday. And, I, and if I forgive them, that means they will never do it again because I obey God. When he marries her just for her to cheat on him, over and over and have babies oh my goodness Hosea oh God this woman you get go back and get her uh uh no 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 you gotta do it Hosea you got you gotta do it Hosea you know why you gotta do it Hosea because if you don't do it your message is gonna communicate to the people that I have abandoned them Go get them because if you don't go get your wife, you're going to be communicating to people that they can mess up bad enough for me to dismiss them. Go get, oh God. Go get, go get, go get her. Go get her. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Like Christ, and sometimes God will go silent on us when we're in our rebellion. But I'm so glad He didn't divorce us. Hallelujah! I, I'm so glad. Come on, y'all better talk to me in here. I'm so glad that when He had good reason to, I need a praise out of here to everybody in here that know that God had good reason to dismiss you. That was a weak praise for a people who know. Open your mouth and praise it. He could have divorced me and left me and I would have understood. He could have removed me off the platform, took my position, took my title and I would have understood. And that's why some of us says I don't have to be a preacher in the church. Let me park the cars. Let me. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I've been used by God. I've been used by God. You taking it all personal when it really may be about your assignment. And when you dig into it, you'll understand why Jonah ran the opposite direction of his calling. He didn't mind prophesying. Now look at it. He didn't mind prophesying. As a matter of fact, he wasn't even scared of the people. You got to look at the text. He wasn't scared. We, oh, he was scared of the people. No. Read the whole passage. Read the whole journey. When he finally went, and he was spit out of the fish, and he finally went and prophesied judgment, the people repented. They said, oh, God going to kill us? Oh, no. 
Please, Lord, don't kill us. We sorry, Lord. Have mercy on us. And then God said, hey, Jonah, I changed my mind. What? See, you got to be careful that you don't base your ministry on other people's misery. Some of you, if it won't judging people, you would have nothing to say about Jesus. Everything is about people going people going to learn and you know God is tired and and you know judgment is coming. Yeah, I believe in all of that. But what happens if they repent? What message do you have? And and Jonah, if you look at it, he says, "This is why I didn't want to come." Because you tell me you would use me to come all the way here, stand in front of these people and declare judgment, then for you to just change your mind. See, this is why some of us don't want to be used by God. Because we're afraid that what God is calling us to do may not count. (laughs) No, no. What if, if I'm going to be used by God, at least let it count for something no if I gotta give up all of this so if I give up everything in the world to serve God at least make me something here I mean I burned my ox cart what do I get who do I become in this world and I don't care what any of us say we got image issues issues we need to feel important we need to feel affirmed I'm just talking to some people who dealt with generational oppression we need a title we need a fancy car we need a good marriage we need a picture even if it ain't real we need to look the part and this is why we will spend our budget on the clothes and not the home what you doing with a luxury label? My goodness. A luxury label and a consistent rent payment. Oh, I, I'm just talking, I'm just talking real in here. I'm just talking real in here. At some point, it's why we will invest in a fancy car. A car that costs more than our homes. Because everybody don't come to our house, but everybody gets to see our car. We have image issues. Now, come on, I'm just having this real conversation. And this is why we have a struggle with being used by God. Because God is more obsessed with getting glory than he is your image. To the point, being used by God. How? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Being used by God will sometimes make you look like a fool. Being used by God will be you building an ark and a boat for a flood and you ain't never seen no rain. Being used by God will make you look dumb to other people. You still fooling with her? You still put you still going to that church after what they did to you? You you still working that you still speaking to that family member that abused you. It'll make you look crazy. 
being used by God. And Jonah says, who wants to do that? You tell me I did all of this obeying you. You put me in a belly of a fish. You spit me out the belly of a fish once I surrender. And I told these people judgment are coming. Then you change your mind. It makes me look like a false prophet. Are you willing to sacrifice your reputation for God's glory? I need you to look at somebody and tell him he's going to use all of it. He's, oh, hallelujah. He's going to use all of it. And here we are in John chapter 9. We know, we know how the gospels go, right? Jesus on his way to Calvary, on his way to the cross. Everywhere he went, people were getting healed. He was casting out demons everywhere he went. I'm, I'm talking about the presence of God was made manifest everywhere he went. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth and he went about doing good. He fulfilled the Isaiah scroll that says the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach this gospel. Let me tell you something when Jesus shows up everything changes but even Jesus, even Jesus the Bible says when he went to Capernaum and different places that where they knew him, hallelujah he couldn't do much miracles because of their unbelief I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor he's God but he's not gonna force himself on you he's God I'm telling you you're called but you got to respond to the call as a matter of fact everybody that is sitting in here today won't get the same gift hallelujah we know we got a few people in here you gonna get a little prize and you gonna get a little mug I don't know what they're gonna give you they may give you a t-shirt but that's potential for everybody in this room to get a miracle before you walk out of here and one of the greatest miracles you can receive is a revelation of your assignment hallelujah but some people will sit among us and some people will watch online and ready for us to dance so they can watch the way we dance but God want to give you something greater than a dance God want to give you something greater than an entertainment and a sideshow God says I want you to get a revelation that I've been using you the whole time and I'm just ready for you to come in agreement with the assignment I need you to touch three people on the shoulder tell them I'm coming in agreement it don't feel good but I'm coming in agreement hallelujah I don't understand it all but I'm coming in agreement I thought God was punishing me my God I thought God was killing me I thought God was correcting me but I just finally found out all the time God was using me he was using me for his glory I need you to scream at somebody tell them there's a miracle coming down this road there's an unveiling coming down this road there's an unpacking coming down this road there's a revelation that's coming and Jesus Jesus comes in he comes in in John chapter 9 and he sees a man that's blind and the Bible says he's blind from his birth and the disciples ask who did it who did what who sinned who put that scripture on the screen who sinned that this man would be born blind tell your neighbor who did it who did it because that's what happens when we start going through things in our lives we need somebody to blame 
we need somebody to put it on I'll have a little bit more solace disposition if I can say it's, it's my mama's fault it's my daddy's fault it's America's fault it's the black man's fault it's the white man's fault I just need somebody to blame and the disciples they have come up into this type of culture this culture that says if something is going wrong it's because there's a mistake that's been made and many of us have that mindset that that karma culture <sighs> y'all better stop claiming karma you claim it, you speaking karma on other folk you better be careful because karma got a boomerang effect instead of keep claiming karma you better start shouting grace come on somebody, somebody make a mistake and, and punishment come to them like karma karma I ain't gonna say what y'all be saying but you know what you be saying karma uh, you say grace Lord grace more grace they say who's sin disciple says oh, oh, that he will be born blind is it this man or his parents now really quickly I want y'all to look at verse 2 and I want you to see why this is proof that not many intelligent people were called and I just said Apostle Paul said the people who God called they weren't that intelligent go back to verse 1 the Bible says he was blind from what from what well, go to verse 2 what did the disciples ask? Who sinned that he would be born blind? Was it this man? Come on, y'all got them friends when you look at them and say. If he was born blind, how could it be his fault? And some of us are blaming ourselves when we were born into it. You're living in dysfunction because you were born into dysfunction. I know, see, some people inherited a bank account. Some people inherited a house from their grandparents. Some people inherited a car. But some of us inherited trauma. We're dealing with trauma from stuff that never happened to us. Tell your neighbor if it's true. Don't tell no lie. Tell them I inherited some stuff. The older I get, the more I realize these are not just my demons I'm biting. Oh, I feel, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I got to close out, but I feel like punching the devil in the chest. I said, these are some demons. Hallelujah. These are not just my demons. I'm fighting some generational demons. My granddaddy died, but his devil is still in the land. But I come to declare that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the point. Somebody pull it down. I pulled down mental illness. Somebody pull Pull it down. I pulled down promiscuity. I pulled down unhealthy relationships and cycles of, a, of abortions, cycles of adultery. I pulled up. I pull it down. I inherited some things. I inherited some things. I inherited some things. I, I need you to. I want you to look at somebody. Real quick and tell them you're doing better than what you think. No, no, you need to tell somebody that because somebody is going through in their mind. Some people are dealing with guilt and shame and condemnation. I need you to look at them and tell them you don't have everything perfect. Tell
you are doing better than what you think. You got out of the bed this morning and you came to church. You're doing better than you think. If you still able to work your job every day, you're doing better than what you think. Because there's somebody in your bloodline. Depression had immobilized them. And they couldn't get out of the bed. I realize I, I, I met this this lady in the airport and she says I want you to know I, I love your ministry she says one night me and my daughter we sat up we watched like five of your messages back to back and she said uh, she said I love how you share the testimony about your about your father your grandfather and your great grandmother and she started telling me all the details and I was like oh snap maybe I tell that testimony too much then I said oh no 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 I'm not telling it enough Cause every time I tell it, I'm punching the devil in his chest. Every time I tell it, whoo, hallelujah. Cause that's where they started, but that's not where I landed. Every time I testify, every time I feel bad over myself, I feel I'm not good enough. And I, every time I feel condemned, I says I'm not where they started. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Keep talking it. Keep telling it. Because what you got to understand, I kept telling the testimony how my great-grandmother had 23 children by several different men. And when I used to say it, I used to say it real strong. My great-grandmother had 23 children by several different men. But look where, I'm, look where I am. And then when her last daughter died just a couple of years ago, her grandson is in the NFL. But when he died a couple of years ago, when she died a couple of years ago, right before she died, she told me, she says, yeah. Mama had me, but I ain't see her that many times. You know how mamas do. I was like, no, that's not how mamas do. I'm thinking to myself, but that's her reference point. She said, and, and I'd always told that testimony about my great-grandmother. They called her Latch. And about how she had 23 children by several different men. Until I still tell it, but I tell it different now. Because her last living daughter told me, Mama had her first child at 12 years old. Whew. And I began to think about what did she go through? What did she go? What happened to her? That she found herself as damaged goods going through the same cycle over and over having kids and leaving them for other people to raise them. What trauma did she 
What trauma did she deal with? So I come to declare to somebody in this room every day, hallelujah, hallelujah, every day that you get out of the bed, you got to say, I'm not just fighting for me. I'm fighting for my ancestors who didn't have the strength or the tools to fight. And I'm fighting for the next generation that's coming behind me. Somebody open up your mouth and release a sound of war. Come on, release a sound. Tell hell I'm coming. Tell hell I'm coming. I'm coming. So yesterday was our first family reunion for my our very first before my grandparents are gone, but my very first family reunion. And uh, and Renee, who's my first cousin, my only member of my church is on my daddy's side. I didn't even know we were related. We were in school together, and I didn't even know we were related. Hallelujah. Until I found out that we were related and I started stalking her. Because both of us are what people consider the illegitimate children on my daddy's side. Whew. After Renee got in church and she got a got who now is her husband saved and they, and they in the church and the Lord blessed them with kids. I met a, I met a young boy and uh, somebody told me, he said, you know, that's your cousin. That's Renee's brother. But, but the family ain't connected to him. The family don't know him. I started praying. Renee started praying. Hallelujah. Because we can't go in the past and change it. Woo. And we may not be the generation that caused it. But we can be the generation that heals it. Mm. I need you to look at your neighbor. Show to tell him God is going to use all of it. If if Renee had not went through it, if I had not had gone through it, we would not have had the language to minister it. See, some of us are rejecting the class. We're rejecting this as a course where God has given you the, the necessary language. Hallelujah. For the people you're going to meet. And, and Renee kept ministering to him, kept ministering to him. And so yesterday, we had our family reunion for the first time. And who walks up on the ground? Her brother, who had never been among the family. And then we got to watch his daddy hug him, and, and they begin to talk to one another. It's all used by God. So who do we blame? Who do we blame? Who do we blame? Who do we blame? Do we blame ourselves? Who are the children? No, we can't blame us because we were born into it. Who do we blame? Do we blame our parents? Well, how do we blame our parents? Because it's all they know. Do I blame my great-grandmother? Well, evidently can't blame her because something happened to her well who's the perpetrator 
There's no way for me to trace it. And if I exert my energy in trying to find out, all my energy will be in revenge and not restoration. And how do you punish people who are no longer living? You end up punishing yourself. So, and then, ultimately, when I can't put my hand on a man, the only person I can lay charge to, don't get scared, but I, I'm going to say out loud what you thought about at least one time in your life, is the person who stood by and let it happen and had the power to change it and chose not to and when you understand that that's why you will understand why his wife looked at him and said hey Job curse God just curse God and die but Job says all of my appointed time I'm going to wait I don't know what's going on I don't know why it's happening but I'm going to wait for my change to come though you slay me yet will I trust you you have to realize Job did not have the book of Job to read he didn't have the book of Job to read he didn't know there had been a conversation where his challenges is actually God's vote of confidence in him his sickness was God's vote of confidence his children dying was God's vote of confidence because when we say used by God The Bible said, put that verse on the screen. When it says, whose fault is it? <sighs> that he will be born blind? Look at verse 3. Nobody's. Who? <sighs> Nobody's. Uh-uh, hold on. Uh-uh, no. I got to be able to trace this. No, no. Uh-uh. Because it's in your mind that every time something bad happens, it's connected to something bad you did. We don't serve a God that will redeem us from our past just to bring us into our present then just to punish us. See, the reason why I'm going through this is because it's 10 years ago. No, no. If God was going to get you, he would have got you right then. Somebody tell me, what about sowing and reaping? Yes, I believe in sowing and reaping. But I also believe in crop failure. That when you come to God, He's faithful to forgive. And as far as the east, come on, it's from the west. It's only you to keep bringing it up. Because it's something I did. He says, no, nobody. So then, why? Because I just need to know why. So God can be glorified. Hold on, what? That God would let a child be born blind. And he's not a child. But he was born blind as a child. 
bumping into stuff all of his life not being able to see his parents face not being able to see color all the way to his adulthood that maybe he settled that this is my lot and this is how I will be for the rest of my life and God says I took you through all of that just for my glory yeah we, we know what happens God opens his eyes right God opens his eyes but if we were all at that point it would be easy but the truth is many of us are here all we can do is hear what God is saying and not seeing what God is saying but it's for his glory you know what's happening with you with your life you're being used by God and and when you make a decision for those things this is when you're saying God I count you worthy of it every time you want to quit this is the hallelujah <laughs> this is your when we used to say you're worthy of it all what is it you saying worthy of what like your your singing voice i mean your voice is pretty but i mean he the world got people who can sing our songs are supposed to be an expression of our worship they're not our worship it's the expression because you can sing a lot and it not be worship so whatever it costs come on let's do this you get the glory out of my life out of my affliction whatever I've had to lay down and whoever I've had to bury whatever I've had to carry more than one week or one month whoever I've had to forgive more than one time you are worthy of it you are worthy of it if you heal me immediately I give you glory but if I got to carry the deformity if I have to carry the handicap for more than one season if I have to walk with the limp you are worthy of it if you take it from me I'll sing your praises but if I have to live with it I'll sing even louder you are worthy of it I'll forgive them even if they don't ask me for forgiveness. You are worthy of it. I have plans. Other places I wanted to live, other places I wanted to go, other professions I wanted to work in. But if this is where you want me, and a job that has nothing to do with what I went to school for, but if this is where you want me, If this is what you if this is where you want me you're worthy of it get the glory out of my life I want to be a vessel of honor and not a vessel of dishonor I want to be a vessel of honor a vessel of honor I want to be a vessel of honor the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. 
I pray today's message has been a blessing to you and that you've been expanded and increased and you've been given the desire to walk even closer to God. If you've really been blessed by today's message, I want you to consider partnering with me that I can continue to get out quality content, inspirational, motivational, and gospel messages because we know it's through the foolishness of preaching that souls are saved. When you partner with us, you're helping us spread the word of God, not just domestically, but internationally all over the world. And so remember today as you sow, that even though the money or the gift may leave your hand, it will never leave your life because you're partnering with something that's greater than you. We want to hear from you. If you've been blessed by our ministry, we'd like to get your messages. Send us an email. Uh, follow us on social media and take this opportunity to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Remember, I know what it feels like to cry till you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up. Keep